When you're watching sports, do you ever think to yourself, these commentators are lame and I could do better? Well, with ColorCast, you can. ColorCast is a new social sports broadcasting app that puts the power of the mic in the hands of the fans. With ColorCast, comedians, podcasters, former athletes, and armchair experts can call live sports games and interact with their listeners. This is your chance to hear or share unfiltered raw sports content all in real time. All you need is an iPhone or iPad. No fancy equipment is required. So please check out ColorCast in the App Store by clicking on our link in the bio. That is ColorCast. You can be the next great sports broadcaster. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Podcast. Man Power Trip of Wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Paz. With me today is a very special guest, former AWA World Tag Team Champion, NWA Southwest Tag Team Champion, NWA Southern Tag Team Champion. He's wrestled everywhere, all around the world. GCW, WWF, AWA, JCP, you name it, he's done it. He's a multiple-time Hall of Famer and legend. He is the butcher, Mr. Paul Vachon. Paul, welcome to the two-man power trip. How you doing? Thank you very much, sir, and uh, I'm doing pretty good for an old man, actually, and I just, my recent birthday, I was 84. So what have you been up to? What's been going on? Well, actually, we've been in quarantine for, you know, over a year here. I, I'm, uh, I, I'm in the... Uh, Mansonville, Quebec, which is as the crow flies about three miles from where I was raised, and and uh, I went to school around here. I was an altar boy, and uh, I'm back here again after traveling the whole world, you know. So. And I'm okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh yeah, yeah. We're a bit trapped uh, sometimes with uh, 
with, yeah. with what's going on in the world. But it was pretty cool to see you last year on Dark Side of the Ring about, you know, your adopted daughter, about Luna. But that was pretty cool to, to be able to get to see you again. Well, it was, and I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm from a family of 13, and I was right in the middle, and and uh, there was six older than I and six younger. Now I'm the eldest, and there's only four remaining. So I've seen all colors of the, uh, of the spectrum, Growing up, I was in the middle of, of uh, seven and the, uh, the oldest of seven. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't realize that. Wow. A lot of Vashans get out there. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, the French Canadians at that time were the largest producing families in the world. Uh, Sinan Zion, the famous singer, she was the 20th in her family. Oh, wow. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's something that everybody knows, but I knew. <laughs> With Luna and Dark Side of the Ring, did you get a chance to watch it? Like, what did you think about uh, the finished product? Well, I... I sort of, I sort of thought. I actually, I, I, I enjoyed the whole thing. I mean, it was well done and everything. But they emphasized her part that she did in the ring, and and what she did in the ring was overplayed. You understand? Yes. So I mean, and, and 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 when they reproduced it, they emphasized that part of it. But she was not actually a person like that. And she did that to convince wrestling fans of her seriousness. When she was in the ring. Anyway, I'm I'm sorry if you don't like that opinion, but nevertheless, that's what it was. With Luna, obviously, adopted daughter, which I I kind of knew, but I didn't really know the the whole story. So it was interesting to get you know all the background there of of kind of like you adopting her into the Vashants. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, you know. And what else was there? You know, and many three boys. And anyway, that's that's another story. You don't have to read the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and with her, uh, she, she was a, a uh, tough cookie. What? She was a tough cookie, you know what I mean? Like, uh, as far as just the way yes. she carried herself and everything, she was tough. I mean, she was like, quote-unquote, like one of the boys. Yes, she was. She really was. And, and the rest of the people in the wrestling business really accepted her. 
They they really did, and and I'm, I'm not surprised. I as far as I knew her, as an adopted kid of mine, but she I, I loved her as much as she loved me, and that was a complete, you know, complete father and daughter love. I mean, and that's all I got to say about that, you know. With Luna, I mean, obviously, you know, she probably... Maybe, maybe I don't know, but maybe, was there like a medication issue? Like they were saying on the show, like she had schizophrenia and stuff like that. Was she on any sort of medication and stuff? Uh, no, they were treating her once in a while. But I, I don't think that she had trouble with the medication or anything like that. She just wanted to stand out, you know. And her father and her uncle were one of the biggest villains in the world. And let's face it, we were in a business where if you were not on top, you didn't make any money. And and uh, that's what we wanted to do. We, neither one of us had great educations, and, but... We were wanted to make our living and and something that we knew about, and we got to be the best in the world. And not only in in professional, but alongside the amateurs, you know. My brother represented Canada in the first Olympics. After the war, he was 18 years old. In London, England, you know. And two years later, he won the British Empire and title at 20 years old. Where to me in the Olympics or the British Empire Games as a wrestler, you need to be 10, 12 years of amateur wrestling to be a world caliber. My dad was born 18 and 20 years old when he represented Canada in the Olympics and the medicine Empire game. So, consequently, when me at 18 years old, I, coming back from winning the silver medal in, in Regina, Saskatchewan, I had been traveling back to Montreal on the bus because there was no cross-country road in Canada at that time. And I stopped in Chicago and I called my brother, Randall, who was wrestling in, in Texas, and I said, Hey, Maurice, I won the silver medal in the Canadian Championship. I thought it'd be elated for me and happy, you know. And he said, that's enough amateur wrestling. You'll never make money wrestling amateur. When I come back this fall, you're turning pro. And so <laughs> we went written. And so, you know, I had a background 
in, in wrestling, and and uh, I went to seven and thirteen kids, and I saw all the growing up, and and man, uh, uh, anyway, that's another story. Ron Rock was a great influence in my life, even before he was wrestling and before I I started wrestling. He used to do road work at 14, 15 years old, and I was four and five years old, and he'd run 15 miles in three times a week, and he'd take me along. And you know, when you're five, six, seven years old, you can run all day. But after a while, if you're running in a straight line, it's boring. So I'd sit up, I'd, I'd be fed up, and I'd sit down, and I'd say, I'm not running with you anymore. And, and he'd pick me up and put me on his shoulders and... Later on, my brother and I, when we told the story at wrestling meetings and stuff like that, he said, you know, when they say, well, he's not heavy, he's my brother. And then I would yeah. say, yeah, well, it wasn't true about Paul. He was always a heavy gentleman. Anyway, you heard that, right? So going all the way back, did Maurice, the Mad Dog Vachon, get you into the business, or did you get him into the business? Uh, actually, he, he got me into the business. You understand? He was already in the business. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. So he's the one that was in the business, and then he brought you in. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think about, just in general, obviously he's your brother, but all of a sudden he's playing this, you know, a, a different character. Did it take you kind of time to adjust to realize, like, this isn't amateur wrestling anymore? I mean, this is a completely different uh, animal here. Oh, it was. I knew that right away. And so did he. I mean, let's face it, the second biggest sport in the world is, is wrestling, believe it or not. And the first original sport worldwide since time began was running. And the second original sport was wrestling. People wrestling one another. And I've been to many, many countries where the national sport is wrestling. Pakistan, India, England, Wales, uh, uh, what's the North country in, in, the, in the British Isles there? Scotland. Yes. Their actual sport in the old days was wrestling. I mean, people learned to defend themselves, first of all, the first sport was running because they ran away from animals way back then. And then after a while, they they would wrestle one another. So 
I mean, I, I belong to the, the second oldest sports in the world, and that was wrestling. But like my brother said, you don't make money wrestling amateur. So, you know, I, I'm from a family of 13, and I needed something to make money. And I, I was very good at it, and I became very good. And, and, and not to brag about it, but uh, I also became the largest promoter in wrestling. As we, out of the farm, we sent a film to clear across Canada from Newfoundland to British Columbia. Anyway. And were you, were you promoting yourself, or was it you and your brother? No, well, you, you see, in order to hold the promoter's license, you could not wrestle on the card. You understand what I mean? So you just had to be a, re- a promoter. You couldn't be a promoter and a wrestler? Yeah, Maddox said, man, we can get into the forum. Uh, I said, Maddox, you better. And they said, somebody has to hold the license. I said, well, you're the eldest. You should hold the license. He said, oh, damn well. He said, I want to wrestle. You be it. So I, <laughs> I, I applied for the license and the and the and the Atlantic Commission and they hadn't given to me. They said, Yeah, but you can't wrestle in the forum. So at the same time I got the, the license to promote in the forum and I couldn't wrestle there. So anyway it didn't matter because I wrestled everywhere else. When you when you first started out, was it? I guess it was the late fifties. You first started wrestling in Canada. Well, yeah, yeah. So were you Paul Vashon at first, or you went under that Nikita name, right? That at first. Well, amateur wrestling, Paul Vashon, yeah. And, and and even when I when I started to wrestle, and then. You haven't read my books, have you? No, I gotta get it. I know. Um, I gotta read your brother's too. Yeah, well, I think he's written. He's written two of them, and I've written three and a half books. Oh wow! And, and uh, listen, when this is over, when this is over, you call uh, us back, and and. Uh, and uh, you remind me of that, and I send you a mark that I had in, in the three marks that I wrote put together, and I send it to you. Okay, I like that. Sounds good. Yeah. Definitely, we'll catch up on that. Yeah. So as you're making your way through business, I mean, you and your brother, right? I mean, you guys are kind of attached by the hip for a while. Repeat that question. You guys were like attached to him. I mean, you traveled everywhere with him. Like when you first got in, right? You basically it was it was you and him, whether it was well, big yeah, time wrestling in, or in, in, yeah, in North America we did. You know, fair across the, 
the country and we missed them together. We won the world championship and the and you know from Vince McMahon and everything and wrestling all over as champions together, yeah. It's crazy you and your brother. It's like Calgary, you know, you guys are tag champs and you go to Hawaii, you win the tag team champs. I mean you guys we're everywhere together. It was pretty great to, to kind of see that. And just the Vashon lore and the Vashon tag team is like, wow, there's this international, you know, two guys that, that just win titles every promotion. Yeah. And, and, and listen, the reason we did that, believe it or not, is because of our amateur background. We knew what the hell we were doing in there. Except that Knew the Mad Dog's interest is he, Mad Dog had an imagination, and he knew that unless we were the Mad Guys and draw a crowd, and we wouldn't make any money in the wrestling business. So he. He made that the Mad Dog thing, because he, he was the smallest of all my brothers and me. I even had a couple of sisters that were taller than him. But he was like a Mad Dog when he went in there. He'd jump up and down, you know, just to make himself look like he was the seventh son of a gun in the world. And you know what? He was. Even though he was shorter than all his brothers. Yeah, his character made him seem a lot bigger. You know what I mean? Like he just he portrayed himself. Well, that's why. But, but he, 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 listen, my, my my brother was the kind of guy that would take his four-year-old, four or five-year-old brother along with him for road work. And after a while, when you're four or five years old, you can run all day, and you do. But after a while, you get fed up. So I'd get, I'd get fed up, and after four or five miles, and then I'd sit on the ground and wouldn't run anymore. So my dog would pick me up, put me on his shoulders, and run the rest of it, the 15, 20 miles that he, that he had planned for the day. And he'd say, after a while, when I told that story in front of people everywhere, he'd say, well, you know what they say, he's not heavy, he's my brother. Right, but yep. He, and he said, it wasn't true about Paul, he was always heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Were you guys always, like, very close? That was just the way you guys were? We were always very close. I mean, what else? You know. I mean, listen, I, I keep repeating this to everybody. I, I'm right in the middle. There's seven older, and, and, and there's six older and six younger than I. <laughs> And <clears throat> now I've lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. 
What were they talking about? Well, you're just saying um, stories maybe that, that you haven't really told before about your brother and, and just how close you guys truly were. Well, yeah, well, I, I was always close with my brother because, you know, after a while when you got so many kids, you want them. You want the one, the, the oldest one, to take them out of the house. So my mother would say, well, why don't you take that father with you? So he'd take me when he'd go out running. And after a while, he'd have to carry me on his shoulders. So that, that, that's the story. So... I mean, I, I, I loved all, all my brothers and sisters, but that I was always closer to me. But I knew that if I had, if I had stayed with him in the early days of my pro wrestling career, then I would have had to do only what he wanted to do. So I traveled the world. I, I went everywhere and I went professional wrestling so I could make a living. My kids were born, my first three boys were born in three different countries. And, and, and the third one was born in India, you know. And his father, which was me, wrestled with Dallas who who was the biggest wrestling there and the biggest movie star also. And, and, and you know what? He became the biggest movie star all over the world in Canada and because of the lots of Indian people that migrated to, to Canada in the early days. And, and that thing came to Toronto. And, and, and Anyway, that's, you know, I, I, I talk all, all about that. And the, when you get my my, uh, my trilogy of books, you learn more. You won't have to do this interview. <laughs> mm. and, uh, anyhow, am I mixing you up or what? No, not at all. So with... With your brother, how come, like, it's not really a split, but you kind of went your own way down into Texas for, like, Houston Wrestling and Southwest Sports and kind of did a, a single stuff. Was that you guys just wanted to kind of separate a little bit and be on your own? Because it seems like, you know, for a while you kind of did your own thing, whether it's AWA or Central States or, like I said, um, down yeah. down there in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, man. And my and got married and everything, and I wanted to do my 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 own stuff. And I, by that time, I was a grown man, you know, and I I could do what I wanted, and what I really wanted was to travel the world and use what I knew, and that was professional wrestling, and there's many places in the world where you can make a living wrestling professional, and I did. And and that's when I wound up with enough knowledge about the wrestling world, and not only the wrestling world, 
But what does go on in the world? And uh, I, I often say this, and, and my wife is fed up of hearing it. If I could, for some reason, you could fix my body so I could do it again, I wouldn't do it again in a minute. And probably the same thing. I know that. I enjoyed it. You love the business that much. That's why. Well, well, you have to be a little bit nuts to be in this business and love it like I did. But it afforded me not only to keep my sons sane and happily, but it gave me an education that is unheard of and unattainable in any other field than what I did. Anyway, as you notice, I've also become sort of a a philosopher. Yeah, (laughs) yes. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. So it's it's interesting. Like in the late '60s, the Vachons had become such a big name that now there's like offshoots. There's Stan Vachon, and you know you start teaming with him and stuff. Is that just because you guys became so synonymous and so popular? It's like, all right, now we can start making a gimmick even after other guys that aren't even Vachons. And Stan Vachon was. Was a Canadian, and we're the one that gave him that name. We made a brother out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Stan Vachon. What the hell was it? Was Stan? I've got his real name in one of my books. I forget what it was. <laughs> But in any case, he was a ladies' man. <laughs> oh, nice. Love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had to get him out of trouble a couple of times. Anyway, that's another story, and it's not in the book. That's there, but he was a hell of a guy. A fellow Canadian. So you guys created Stan Vashon. It wasn't a promoter or something, but you guys created it. We did, yeah. Yeah, nice. Well, I think his first name was Stan, and we just left him that way. And Mad Dog said, well, we're going to make him a son out of him, and I'm having He had to have somebody to guess me, and a partner went and went through all, and we kind of couldn't miss anything. Anyway, it gets confusing, but especially the older I get, the more confused I am. Hmm. So then really kind of where you guys really made a big name for yourself and a big splash was the AWA, late 60s, obviously 70s as well. I mean, do you have fond memories of working for Vern Gagne and working for the AWA? I, I have fond memories of all the wrestling and all the people I wrestled with and all the people I worked with. And one of my fondest memories was 
the memories I had when the, the wrestling promoter in New York, Vince McMahon. Senior or junior? Most of them, but mostly when senior. Yeah, you had a run. You had a run with both of them. Yeah, I worked. I worked for both of them. And 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 after a while, the old timer, who was a friend of mine, he sort of retired and let his son take over. And his son was was not as you know uh, he was not quite the man that I I shouldn't be saying this in public but I like the old man better but I got along with it, his son because his son loved me too and 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 they're the ones that. Got mad dog and I had to go wrestling for them. Anyway, that's once again. Did you read my books? No, not yet. You got to send them to me. I got to get those books. God damn well, you you get the whole story. You won't have to yeah. do this interview. <laughs> what What do you think was the difference between Vince Senior and Vince Junior? Well, uh. First of all, Senior was a very intelligent man, and the other guy was bipolar. And he he had gotten into into trouble uh, as a young man, and his father went and got him, and he he got him straightened out, and he he's the one that put him in charge after he retired. So, and that's all I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna say about it. I like them both, and and vice versa. Both of them like Mad Dog and I too. So and really, when you worked for seniors, basically seventy-five to seventy-eight. When you worked for juniors, pretty much eighty-three to eighty-five. So I mean, there's a little bit of time um, in between. For sure. I mean, but obviously, a lot of the talent changed. Like, a lot of the guys you wrestled were completely different. Yeah. As far as some of the guys, like Andre the Giant, Gorilla Monsoon, fond memories of working with some of those guys in WWF? Especially Andre? Uh, hell, yeah. I mean, Andre, and by that time, I was, I had become promoter in Montreal and uh, I, also I had a guy wrestling for me his name was Frank Valois and he had he had been a wrestler in Montreal when I was a kid and uh, after I a while he had become a big star in Europe. He was like six foot four and weighed two hundred and eighty pounds and he could anyway, that's another story. And 
one one time he came from over Montreal. He said, Paul, they have a giant in France. He actually Bulgarian. His name, his name is Andre Ruthimov. And he says, if you don't send for him, you're nuts. I said, well, Frank, I trust, I trust you. And I said, let's send for him. So I said, but Andre Rusimov is not going to go, is not going to be hearing the name around here. And Rusimov, you know, French Canadian and Canadian and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he said, you call him what you want to. So I sent him, in those days, I sent him $400, which was a flight from Paris to Montreal. And that's how I got a hold of Henry the Giant. And he became a, a, the first friend that he ever had in Canada. Besides Frank Valois was me. And I, I was, that's also the moment when I first, after he'd been here a while, they, they, they used to, all the American promoters would call Montreal and say, we want to use your giant, we want to use your giant. And I said, well, that and then we were true with him. So, anyway, that, that's the story about Andre the Giant. And the first time he didn't go to the States, I went with him. And I'm the one that wrestled him over the Las Vegas somewhere. Anyway, that's beside the point again. So, anyway, uh, uh, to make a long story short, I became Raymond friends with Andre the Giant. So Andre obviously became one of the biggest names ever. You played a big integral role in his career. Are the stories of him, because that, that has become legends in the documentaries and everything, are the stories about him true, about he, he could drink 80 beers in one sitting and you know, yes. like stuff like that? Like That's actually true or is that a little bit um, embellished? Well, there was no way to exaggerate what Andre did. I mean, he, 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 all the things they said about him were, were true. You know, he couldn't do anything. You know, he'd put a horse on his back and, and carry it, and the guy was. And, and you you know, one thing about Andre the Giant, he knew he was not going to live very long. They had told him because he kept on growing and growing and growing. And they said, after a while, your heart is going to stop because they won't be able to, to carry the load. So he knew he wasn't going to live to be very long, so he lived every day like it was his life. And I, I, I'd go out with him in the early days, and we, 
o'clock in the morning and trying to drag me out of the hotel room to go and drink some more. I said, no, 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 I can't take it anymore. <laughs> but, you know, different stories and women flocked after him. They, they chased him everywhere. And he, he had some that he liked, some he didn't, you know. He wasn't a queer or anything like that. He was a, he was a ladies' man. Mostly he liked, he liked, he liked to drink and wrestle. Really, he knew he had, he, he wasn't going to be long for this world. And I think he was 40 or 42 when he died. Yes, very young, early 40s. Yeah, he's very, very young. But, man, the stamp he left in the business is crazy, especially him and Hulk Hogan, the few that they had, basically set up the WWF for years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and, and I'm the one that let it happen. It's all your fault. Yeah, yeah, it was. Did you see, like, dollar signs on him immediately, though? I mean, it, it seems like as soon as you look at him, like, okay, this guy is going to make money in wrestling. There's no doubt about it. I saw it the, the minute Frank, Frank Vanner told me. Frank Vanner was an old-timer, and he had been the biggest star in Europe. And when he called me and he told me that, I knew I, he knew I was in a position to do something about him. Because by that time, I was promoting from coast to coast across Canada. And the biggest wrestling territory in the world, from Vancouver Island to uh, Prince Edward Island, Newfoundland, and all over. And he said, well, I said, let's do it. And it cost us $400 to send him a ticket. And he came, and, and uh, Frank Rodwell never regretted it, the, the Giant never regretted it, neither did I. What a legend uh, in the business. Just crazy to think uh, the impact that he had, all thanks to you, basically, you know, but the impact that he had on, on the business. But just going to kind of go back to the WWF for a second, you wrestled, I mean, a lot of great names. It just, if you just look at it, it's like the Ivan Putskis of the world, Dusty Rhodes, Zabisco, Dominic Danucci. During that first go-around, it's like uh, legend after legend up there. Did yeah. you have designs on staying there for, I mean, even High Chief Peter Maivia, Haystacks, Calhoun, Dino Bravo. Did you have designs on staying there for longer, or did you kind of like going in and out and you know, only staying somewhere for a certain period of time? Well, uh, <laughs> I got there because uh, and, and Vince McMahon, he's the one that wanted me over there, you know. So uh, Vince McMahon Sr., he, he's the one that, uh, you know, he wanted to use me so that he could explain to me that in some places we had been 
spreading our wings when he belonged to him. Like the Boston Territory and and places like that. So anyway, I made peace with him and and so and the rest of the the other guys and after a while uh, you know, taking care of the business in Canada was uh, too much for my wife and I, and so I decided just to go back to wrestling again. But, you know, that's not the end of the story. I mean, the, the story is, is never-ending because here I am. 50 years later, and I'm getting phone calls from people all over the world wanting to know what happened then, what happened now, blah, blah, blah. Very true. And you got film crews at the house. Yeah, you got film crews at the house last year interviewing you. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, believe me, this is not a complaint. I'm enjoying even this moment. And I keep repeating this to Dean, my ex-staff sergeant marine wife, that if I had to do it all over it again, I'd do it again in a minute and do the same thing. Probably not. What territory were you at the longest? Probably AWA? Was that like the longest running territory you, you went to? Yeah. Is that just kind of like almost like a closeness for you? Because it was, you know, you know, they ran a lot of Minneapolis. They they ran a lot of stuff in the, the north. Of no, the, no, no, no. It was the closeness between Manhattan and Vernonia. Vernonia was an idol of Manhattan. I mean, not long was one gang as I did. And oh, wow. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, not everybody knows. Now everybody will because you didn't tell everybody that. Yeah, so Mad Dog was, uh, well, Vern Gagne's title was Mad Dog. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. They, 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 believe it or not, they had the same inside character. They, they had the will to be the best there was. You understand? Mm-hmm. And they both were. They, they, they were both the, the top in their field, not only in amateurs, but in pros. Not many people can say that. Do you think that, like Vern, he like because he he loved your brother so much, he wanted to book you guys, or he knew the value of the Vashans together? Because you know, you obviously be AWA tag champs. You got a few with uh, Bachwinkle and Stevens, the Texas Outlaws of Murdoch and Rose. I mean, he probably saw some money in there too, right? Like for you guys. Yes. Yes. That's how come we want them there. Mad Dog said, hey, come on over, man. you know, stop roaming the world like you've been doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
and uh, he hadn't tried that before, you know. And I said, Look, uh, I want to see the world, and I did. And, and you know, there was nothing, you know, movies made about it, and they still are. I'm still answering phone calls about the movies that we made together and made about wrestling and all that. Like I'm doing now, by the way. Absolutely, yeah. I'm very grateful for that. So as far as, you know, the uh, then, you know, you go through AWA, but then we'll go back to WWF. We'll go back to um, what we were talking about before, 83, You go in, but without your brother. How did like, how'd you get back in? Just Vince Jr. just wanted you and, you know, your brother maybe just he didn't want to go with you at that point? Your question means to be repeated. So you go to WWF again in, in the you know the mid '80s by yourself. Is there a reason behind it? it's just you and, and not Mad Dog with you? I don't remember the reason. My Mad Dog had something else. I, I I'm sorry, sir. I'm not trying to be coy or anything like that, and just. Escapes my own my own mind right now. <laughs> no problem, I got you. Okay. Um, try again tomorrow. I may, uh, maybe <laughs> once you get in the morning and talk about that in the morning. You kind of end up like ending your career there, basically, right? I mean, were you were kind of just winding down your career at this point? Well, yeah, listen, I wrestled when I was 49, which is at least nine and ten years older, too old for anybody, yeah. Did you think, like, this This was the last run? Like, did you tell Vince, like, hey, this is it, I'm, I'm wrapping it up? Or, like, what, what was that like? You just thought, okay, I, you know, I just had enough, I'm done here. Well, I, I I was thinking, well, geez, well, what am I going to do? You know, if you're, what do you know if you're an old wrestler? So I wanted to stay me in the business, so I became a promoter. So, so I'm the one that I'm set up Grand Prix Wrestling, coast to coast. You know, from Vancouver to, uh, to Newfoundland and Labrador, for that thing. All over Canada, I was in the biggest wrestling company in the world. And I, I was the one I used my talent that I knew to promote that. And uh, that's what I did. And, uh, and after that, I went into doing fairs and, and uh, festivals all over and everything. Towards the uh, wind down, uh, head towards the finish here, just a couple um, quick questions. Uh, what was the, your favorite territory that you worked? Uh, I, I like Minneapolis. I know the trips were long. The trips were very long, but I like 
I like that because of the people that was in it. And yeah, it is. I I never been to a place I really didn't like. And I I, I like to wrestle in England. Uh, and, 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 and I like to wrestle in France. I like to wrestle everywhere. And, and I had a time I admit it. And it was, to me, like a dream accomplished. I used what I knew how to do and to travel the world and meet people and get a, a self-education and everything. So... Anyway. Do you have, looking back, because, I mean, obviously you wrestled some of the all-time greats, teaming with your brother, too, which is which is just awesome, but do you have some favorite matches or some favorite opponents, looking back? Do I have favorite opponents? Yeah, like favorite matches or opponents, guys that stuck out there that you really, you know, really enjoyed working with. Well, I really enjoyed working with Andre. I mean, I mean, anybody else, uh, anybody else would me lying and they said because like he went out of his way, you know, to make it in- interesting. You know, so I, I I I like to wrestle with Andre. I like to wrestle with lots of people. Uh I, I actually uh, I I enjoyed when I did, and there was, there was nobody I couldn't have a good match with, even if I had to sacrifice myself. Do you have any regrets looking back? Anything you wish you would have done differently? I know you were saying that you know you love the business and you would go back and do it again, but is there anything you would have done differently? I don't think so. I think that. When when I did was a wonder to me, you know. I I realize now that what a wonderful life it was, what a wonderful business it is. So now, if you ask me if I couldn't do it again, would I do it differently? I don't think so. I really don't. I know something that I can do better, you know. But, you know, I mean, that's only a pipe, a pipe dream, but it's not from an unsatisfied man. I'm very satisfied with the life that I've had. And I've had three different wives, and I and told all three of them that I'm we can get married, but just know that my life is being a wrestling man, either a promoter, a wrestler, a traveling man, and they all knew that. And anyway, that, so what, uh, yes. 
So what would you say, like looking back, like if somebody said, what's the legacy of the Vachons? Not just Paul the Butcher, but let's say Mad Dog Vachon, Luna, you know, the whole family, Vivian, your sister. Like what's the, the legacy you guys left behind in, in the wrestling business? What's the, the stamp of the Vachons? I think that the stamp of the Vachon is that they took care of the wrestling business. They made it real, and when people saw them wrestling, they knew that they were watching something real, and that's the statement of that family, at least the wrestlers in it, anyway. Well, you and the only words I can find. We made it real. Because it was really real to us. Love old school guys like you and your brother. People still today saying, you know, what you guys did was so real and and, and it was just something that was different than a lot of the other guys. And you know, they they hold that, you know, quote unquote they always say keeping K but it was almost like, No, no, these guys over here weren't legit but the Vashans, these guys were real. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe that, and that, I, I, I only found that out, you know, after it was all true, but really that was our, that was our way of thinking. Make it real, make it real, it's real, wrestling. You know, uh, professional wrestling, it's three times as hard on anybody's body. Three times as hard as any baseball player or even football player. I mean, when the Andre the Giant picks you up and he lifts you seven feet up in the air and slams you on, on the floor in the ring, do you have any plugs or anything? I know you guys do have like a, a Facebook fan page and stuff. Do you have any plugs out there that you want to give or not really? Do I have any what? Like plugs or anything. Like, you know, I know you guys you guys do social media, but like somebody created a Paul the Butcher of Sean Facebook page for you guys. I don't know even if you guys are associated with it or not, but somebody created a social media page for you guys. Yeah. Listen, um, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Sure. I want you to call that I don't know, you can call back later on today. My wife is taking a nap right now, and I want you to talk to her. Okay. About that. And get all the information? Okay. Yes, from her. All right? Yep, cool, because I know, um, I saw it on Facebook. I know there's a, the Paul Butcher Vachon page, but uh, Mr. Vachon, thank you so much for all the time. I really appreciate it. Yes, and when you talk to her, you ask her, and I get a favor to you, then tell her 
and when you can do the hunt. So you ask for help that way, you know. Can you help us get this known, get this on the people and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We'll get it Thank out there. Thank you very there. much. Yep, no problem. Thank you. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron and also check out the website TMPT Empire.com and buy a shirt at Pro Wrestling Two Man Power Trip where the power lies brother.